T.D. Worthington, pastor of the Pathway Baptist Church in Goldsboro, North Carolina, and this is Pathlight, and we're so glad to have you tuned in to today's program and hope you can stay with us for the next 25, 30 minutes or so Bible study, fellowship, and today a special message from the Word of God. Our message today is entitled Smelling Bad and Looking Dumb, and we're going to be talking about that if you'd like to find your places in Ecclesiastes chapter number 10, we'll be looking at that scripture right now in just a moment. I do have time to remind you today of Pathway Christian Academy in Goldsboro. I realize many of you do not live in the uh, Goldsboro area, but if you do, and if you have a child, say in kindergarten grade uh, four or kindergarten age four, right on up through grade 12, uh, perhaps Pathway might be an answer for you. Now, we have limited availability. Some classes are already filled, but if you have a child you're living in commuting distance of our Goldsboro campus, I invite you to check it out. Now, our website is pathwayacademy.org. Again, that's pathwayacademy.org. And check that out if you will. If you'd like more information, give us a call. We can set up an appointment uh, for you, let you know exactly what's required for enrollment, arrange for you to tour our campus, all kinds of things we can do if you just uh, if you just give us a call. Again, that website is pathwayacademy.org. Dot O-R-G, pathwayacademy.org. Just a moment, we'll be sharing with you that message from the Word of God. I hope you will stay tuned for, uh, for this musical selection, though. Again, the reference for the scripture today is Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse number 1. Mighty 
says in Ecclesiastes chapter number 10 and verse number 1, dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. So doth a little folly him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. And of course, that would be all Christians. And it's when it's referring to a fellow with wisdom, it's not referring to a necessarily a smart guy or a guy with a high IQ, but it's referring to believers because you and I have been endowed with the Holy Spirit of God. We have the mind of Christ. If we're spirit-filled, we can judge all things. James says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him call upon the Lord. So with all that, you as a believer have access to wisdom. And it says here that uh, a little folly for someone with a reputation of wisdom is not good. Basically, what he's saying here, if I might paraphrase, is one foolish decision can make you smell bad and look dumb. One foolish decision can make you look bad and smell dumb. I'm sorry, look bad, uh, smell bad and look dumb. I'm, maybe I said that correctly the second time. You know, if, if you were heading somewhere and you had to get there and you had two routes that you could take, one route was through what we might call a high crime neighborhood, okay? And the second route was through a neighborhood that was known to have a lot of perverts and things like that in it. Which route would you take? Now, if there was a third option and it was better, I'm sure you'd take that one. But let's just say you had to get somewhere and there was only two routes you could take. One through a high crime neighborhood, the other one through a neighborhood filled with perverts and degenerates. Well, for me, it might de determine who was with me or if I was traveling alone. 
if I was traveling alone, I might go through the neighborhood that had the perverts in it simply because I don't see them being any threat to me. Now, I realize perverts can be kind of threatening, and we read about that certainly at Sodom and Gomorrah. But in general, I would say I might be safer than I would going through a, a neighborhood that's filled with thieves and robbers and, and, and folks like that. However, if I was with my children, I might choose to go through the high crime neighborhood. Now, I would hopefully be armed and I would walk through there very carefully. But the reason is that for my children, hanging around perverts and seeing perverts and seeing degenerates might actually do them more harm. Uh, I'm, I'm well established. I don't have any, I'm not in, uh, tempted by cross dressers and, and drag queens and stuff like that. They, they don't really bother, but they might hurt my children. Just seeing this type of thing might hurt my children. All right. Now, I want you to think about a moment when you held another person so close that you could hear their breathing. The very sound of life. Maybe it was your husband or wife, a parent, your child, maybe a grandchild. You could feel their breath brush across your cheek and they could feel yours. You were close. The two of you shared and breathed from the same air, breathing in, breathing out. There was only one breath, one life, one love. Whether you knew it or not, you were conspiring. The Latin word conspire means to con, means together with. Spirae means to breathe, to breathe together. In the Christmas classic Winter Wonderland, it says later on we'll conspire as we dream by the fire. The word conspire literally means to breathe with or to breathe together. For most of us, I suspect conspiracy brings up ideas of wrongdoing, secrets, planning to do something illegal or harmful to someone else. And that certainly is a reality in the world today. Although conspire, honestly, is always used in the negative sense in the Bible, Jesus does instruct us to be in unity, to breathe together, to conspire as one. Scripture tells us how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity, Psalm 133 and verse number 1. We're called in the Word of God to be of one mind, 1 Peter 3.8. To be of the same mind and judgment with other believers, 1 Corinthians 1.10. And to always maintain unity in the Spirit, Ephesians 4, verse number 3. Now, do you suppose we should be in unity, supporting things that dishonor Christ? Well, of course not. We should not uh, yoke together to do something that would hurt the cause of Christ. So the answer here is obvious. We should work together breathe together, conspire together, be in unity together to promote the cause of Christ, to advance the kingdom of God, to excel in righteousness. Far too often the air we breathe is polluted with sorrow and death and addictions and fear and anger, maybe revenge and sin and brokenness. We live as people in need of clean, fresh air. People are always getting a whiff of foul odors. But as Christians, we are to breathe together, be in unity to promote the things of God. Yet, human conspiracy, as we well know, usually produces death. Breathing together with God brings life. 
Where human conspiracy destroys, breathing together with God creates. Where human conspiracy hurts, God heals. God's conspiracy brings about the winds of change, brings about fresh air and a fullness of life. They say that odors can bring back memories. I know that's true for me. And they say even for people with dementia, a scent can bring back memories, just like the scent of a warm spring day or maybe that follows a, 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 a shower, sort of like fresh cut hay or, or apple pie or something like that. Uh, as we trace back those scented aromas that's in the air, we can often remember and recall memories from the past. Christmas is filled with such memories, maybe a fresh cut uh, Christmas tree or, or, or someone cooking in the kitchen brings back memories that perhaps were long, long gone. However, there's something in the air in America today that most of us have never smelled before. For example, just a few years ago, almost everyone understood that males use the men's room and females use the women's room. Now there's confusion in the air. An evil cons conspiracy is afloat as those with questionable morals breathe together a noxious odor and yet they find it enjoyable and expect everyone else to enjoy it also. Today, facts are no longer important. Narrative is all the rage. It doesn't matter that you were born a male or that you are biologically a male. No, no, that's not important. It's the narrative that's the rage. Subjective narrative replaces the hard truth of reality. At one time, the society was able to recognize truth. We, we knew, we could tell as a society when something well, didn't smell just right. Today, so many folks are blind to that truth. God continues to reveal it, but we're so insensible to that revelation from God, it would appear that we're no longer able to sniff out the truth. The modern press sure seems to be incapable of discovering truth. For a long time, the press had a reputation for sniffing out the truth, whatever it was. Well, we, the press doesn't seem to be able to do that anymore. Perhaps... In part, that's because truth is no longer defined by our creator. There's no longer a standard of truth. We've created a new world, a world free of facts, free of morals, and sadly, free of God himself. As people suppress the truth of God's existence, as we've done for many years now, we've also rejected the hard facts of the reality that God created. Romans 1.22 says, professing themselves wise, they became fools. And a fool in the Bible is not someone with head trouble, it's someone with heart trouble. The words wisdom and foolishness are virtually gone from our vocabulary. When did you last hear anyone speak of wisdom? How often do you hear someone spoken of as being foolish? It's a rarity. Ours is a world without reason or morals, a world of nonsense and irrationality. The prophet Isaiah warns of this unleashing folly upon the world. Can I read to you Isaiah 5 verses 20 and 21? And as I read this, let me ask you the question, do you really want to be identified with this crowd? Here's what Isaiah says. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. Again, I ask you, do you want to be associated with, these out, with, the, with this outfit? He goes on to say, that put darkness for light for darkness, 
that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Again, I ask you, do you really want to be identified with this group? A group that calls evil good, darkness light, and light darkness, and sweet is bitter, and bitter is sweet. As a Christian and as a patriot, I will always be concerned when decisions are made and practices put into place by leaders which hurt our citizens and destroy our freedoms. I have a sense of urgency. I have a deep concern for our nation. We're witnessing the loss of true freedom. I don't have as much freedom as my dad have. I don't have as much freedom as I had when I was a young man. My children and grandchildren are going to have even less freedom than I have if Jesus tarries. We're witnessing the loss of one freedom after another. Freedom not only offers opportunity, it demands responsibility. Our founders quickly identified the noxious odors that our present-day leaders seem to be oblivious to. They don't seem to be able to smell this stuff at all, and I'm wondering why. Surely you can see the high price. The high price that is being paid by ignoring the truth and the consequences are the consequences are only going to get worse. Christians fully understand that they cannot impose their faith on others. I'm good with that. We cannot make people believe in God. I don't have any problem with that. I want to share with them, but if they don't want to believe, that, that's, that's their prerogative. But we are wrong when we dismiss ourselves from personal responsibility for the affairs of other men and certainly for the affairs of state. Those who have disregarded God and are pursuing their own agenda are not being quiet about it. Their unprincipled belief system is dispensing more offensive aromas every day while Christians smell the stench, let yet ignore the problem. You know, I'm amazed at, uh, at beer drinkers who recognized a problem that a lot of Christians fail to see. They stop buying Bud Light, but Christians will not stop buying at stores that have a, a perverted agenda. Even though when I go into the store rarely, and I haven't been in some of these stores in years that promote this stuff, but the place smells, smells pretty raunchy to me, but yet Christians apparently, uh, apparently don't, don't, many of them don't pick up anything. Beer drinkers picked up that, hey, you identify with, you, you identify with perversion, and, and we're not going to support you. A lot of Christians still support organizations and stores and, and businesses that support this stuff. Maybe we don't breathe together as good as some lost people do. Let's consider what God says about foolishness and wisdom. The fool says in his heart, there's no God. I think it's important to keep in mind you can believe in God and yet not allow God to rule in your life. Churches are full of people claiming to believe in God, who sing songs to God, read verses and make references to God, but never allow God to rule and reign in their personal lives or in their affairs. If God did rule, then they would be led into actively piercing the darkness with the light of liberating truth, and they'd be prone to sniff out the truth and not prone to take in the obnoxious odors around us and find no problem with them. Far too many of our churches today are dismissing people from personal responsibility. 
because they feel like if they've fulfilled their responsibility, if we just get together, sing a few choruses, speak a few words about love and unity, shake a few hands, everything's good. I know that sometimes you have to deal and conduct business with the proponents of darkness. I understand that. But we do it far too often and with far too little conviction. God told the children of Israel as they were traveling through, uh, through the uh, wilderness and into the promised land, he acknowledged sometimes you're going to have to do business with lost people, with heathens. Sometimes you're going to have to. You don't have a choice. You need food, and that's the only place to get it. You need water, that's the only place to get it. He said, well, go do business with them. Treat them fair. Treat them honest. Do business with them. It's fine. But as soon as you do the business, get out of there and don't do any more business that you have to. Don't give them your sons or daughters to be married. Don't fellowship with them too closely. Do your business. Pay, pay them what, uh, their, their, their fees for what you owe them. Treat them fairly. Don't try to cheat them. But then you get out away from them as quickly as you can. Don't hang around and smell their putrid odors. But you see, just like many politicians, perverts, and the press, we've also lost our ability as Christians to smell, or maybe in some cases we're just ignoring the odor. Proverbs tells us not to lean on our own understanding, but trust in Him and acknowledge Him, the Lord, in all of our ways. And the Bible says He will establish our paths. He will tell us which way to go, what steps to take. Our founders knew and acknowledged God, and then built this nation on a foundation of solid rock principles that they found in the Word of God. We're allowing the entire population today to be led away from those moral principles of faith, family, and freedom. And as a result, we're in serious trouble. And it'll take every person Every Christian who understands the importance of these values, not only to pray for our country, but to become actively involved in determining who prospers, who we support, the wicked or the righteous. And by that, I'm not just referring to politicians. I'm referring to businesses. I'm referring to organizations. We need to determine who we're going to give our support to. And if they are anti-God, if they're anti-morality, if they're anti-righteousness, if they're anti-Christ, we shouldn't be supporting them. You see, to save this sick world that we're living in, we need to learn to distinguish truth from error. And then once error is identified, we must separate from it as far as possible. We're not going to separate from it all. I understand we can't. But we must learn to find the odor of error noxious. It's going to require some sacrifice. It's going to require some inconvenience. It may even require some persecution. And if you do that, many of your lost and carnal friends will never understand the position you're taking certainly as long as they stay in that condition. We're not thinking we're better than anyone else as such. We're just one beggar trying to show other beggars where we found bread, but in so doing, we don't want to compromise the truth. You see, God's people have one book, and I realize there's many perverted translations of it today, but in reality, we have one book, so it ought to be easy to speak with one voice. One book. One truth. 
it ought to be easy for us to speak with one voice. There's one Holy Spirit that's directing us, one Lord we're serving, one God we're bowing in front of, one heaven we're heading to, and one Lord that we worship if we're truly saved. It ought to be easy for us to speak with one voice, but apparently beer drinkers can speak with one voice easier than we can. This book tells us, I'm referring to the Word of God, how to be wise in a foolish world wise in a foolish world. This book tells us what to, what ought to smell noxious to us, what ought to almost turn our stomach when we catch a whiff of it. This book tells us all about that. This book tells us the standard, and when the standard is applied, it'll keep us from smelling bad and looking dumb in the eyes of the righteous. The Word of God says in Ecclesiastes 10, one dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. So doth a little folly him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. One foolish decision can make you smell bad and look dumb, the Bible says. Again, our quote from Isaiah 5, Woe unto them that call evil good. Do you really want to be associated with that crowd? Woe to them that call good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. You don't want to be identified with that crowd, do you? No. You want to call truth truth and lies lies. And you find that standard in the Word of God. And we as Christians ought to be speaking with one voice to let the world know the truth. Because the truth is something we have. It is indeed something we have, but unfortunately it is not always something that we're that we're using. I want to encourage you, if you're a born-again child of God, you're able to sniff out the noxious odors in this world today. Whether it's the odors of lies or deceit or the odors of perversion or whatever it might be, sniff it out. Sniff it out. And then once you do, apply the truth of the Word of God in your own life and stay as far away from this noxious, poisonous odors as you possibly can. I want to thank you for tuning in today. If our programs are a blessing to you, we'd enjoy hearing from you. Until next time, this is T.D. Worthington saying, may God richly bless you is our prayer.